This is season number 19 of Bass Talk Live with Matt Pangrak. BTL is presented by Lorenz, Bass Cat Boats, Aftco, Strike King Lures, Sunline, Big Bite Baits, Spro, X-Zone Lures, Gamakatsu, The Bass Tank, Denali Rods, Pro Guide Batteries, Beatdown Outdoors, Shoreline Boat and RV Repair, and Omnia Fishing. Hit him with the hook, Jeffries. PTL, coming at ya! Good morning and welcome to another exciting edition of BTL Fast Talk Live. And yes, it's a new studio. I believe everything is functioning properly, correctly. Everything is plugged in live from Shawnee, Oklahoma. It is January 9th, and we are kicking off season number 19 of uh, BTL. It's hard to believe if you said you know, two years ago from where we were to where we are now that I'd take over the show, still have it around, and then have my own studio in the house. Uh, our guest today knows all about having studios in the house. Uh, that is none other than Elite Series Pro Mike Iconelli, and... You know, I, I thought he'd be a good guest to have on the first show uh, for the year. Uh, Ike uh, has been a supporter of BTL and with his, his Ike Live brand and all sorts of things that he has going on. But but it's even more uh, appropriate uh, because the, there's been rumblings, rumblings across the, the Bassmaster grassroots that there's some some changes on the way in the Bass Nation. Uh, and, and Ike is the only angler who has everything you can win like there was no high school or juniors or college fishing when he was around but everything you can win on the Bassmaster side Mike Iconelli is one including i believe it was the 1999 Bassmaster Federation Nation National Championship it's changed names a bunch of times but we're going to talk to Ike about that. We have a bunch of stuff going on in the new year. We will get to that in the second half of the show. New sponsors, new clothing, new opportunities, new ways that we're going live, new shows, new locations for shows, all sorts of new stuff going on. But let's bring the man, the myth, and the legend in. Ike, thanks for jumping on the first BTL from the new studio in Shawnee. Hell yeah. Thanks for having me, man. That means a lot. Uh, you hit it right on the head. I've been a supporter of this your show forever. I uh, love you and Mark. Um, you guys have been doing things in the sport that they need to be done. Um, uh, so thank you for having me, man. It's, it's awesome to be on. Uh, I, I did not realize that Becky was currently out of town. And like I said, I'm in the new studio here so that I, I immediately, my anxiety went through the roof when I was like, it's, it's just me and Ike running the show here. Hey, we figured it out. Listen to me. If a 50 year old man can figure out forward facing sonar, I could figure this shit out. You know what I mean? Dude, is it? It's hard to believe that you're 50. Like I heard that. I, I saw that before and I was like, how the heck did how the heck did Ike become a 50 year old guy? I'm the same way. Like I'm pushing I 40 now, Ike. I, yeah. I mean, Matt, when I look at you, you know, you're still the 20 year old male model that you'll always be in my eyes. But, um, you know, the funny thing is, it's like you hit it right on the head. I don't feel 50. You know, I look in the mirror now and yeah, I got gray and I'm wrink I'm got wrinkles and I got a bald spot. Yeah, I'm 50 straight up. Uh, I hurt in the morning when I get out of bed. I'm 50 straight up. But like I went fishing yesterday for an hour before it got dark with, with Vegas and we were catching yellow perch 
and Pickerel on Ford Facing Sonar. Dude, we were giggling. I was laughing. We were screaming. I felt like I was, you know, he's 12. I felt like yeah. I was 15 with him. So mentally, I don't feel old. But yeah, your you years have, have gone past. You can't stop it, you know? <laughs> You've mentioned that twice. Do you want to dive into that? I mean, dude, you have mentioned. Have you done anything on that? I haven't really seen anything that you've done on that yet. What's that? Your your thoughts on the forward-facing sonar and the revolution. Oh. You're old, well, dude. I mean, when you were getting into this. Yeah, I am. Uh, yeah, I'll get into it. I, I, I haven't really publicly ever said. Uh, we, we tease about a lot on like live. Yeah. But my honest opinion is I embrace the technology, man. I, you know, I know who I am and I know I'll never be you know, the guys that are super proficient with it. And, uh, you know, it's a young guy's tool. It really is. Why? I mean, well, I think a lot of it has with how I'm, I'm going to get deep with you here. Okay. This is sounds strange because no, no, no. I'm the dumbest, one of the dumbest guys you'll ever meet. So, but I'm going to try to get deep with you. So um, I fished at a tournament this summer. Uh, we have around the house here. We have, we call them Thursday nighters. So every, everybody has those weekday tournaments and we call it the Thursday nighters. We call it the beer league, but uh, I Vegas fishes them with me. And we fished a really deep impoundment, a sand quarry. And it was one of the first times Vegas got to experience and use active target. Lawrence's active target. Right. Matt, he picked up on it so quick. We won the tournament. He caught the only two keepers in our boat. He caught a five and a th almost a three on active target dropping on their heads i don't even know what i was looking at he knew what he was looking at and the best way i can describe it is here's a kid that's never used it picks it up in in 30 minutes um but he has spent his life in on the digital world in the digital world right and he can understand not just digital imagery but digital space and that's that's an interesting thing. And I on I started like figuring this out as I'm watching him, but he knows the relationship, you know, between that image digitally, what he's looking at, and how far away it is exactly. Like being able to get his drop yeah. shot land on the fish. I think that you know, if you come up through your schooling and you are more familiar with digital technology. You understand digital imagery and digital space. And I don't have that. And I don't know that, you know, all the practice in the world, I don't think I can grasp it like he can or like uh, Lucas or a Wheeler or a younger, you, you know, person or all these college and high school kids that are coming up. So, uh, but getting back to the original question, I embrace it. I l listen, I love Randy Blockett. I love it. <laughs> you I watch it? You watch it? His videos oh, too. Yeah, I love Randy. Really? His, his, some of his stuff is the best stuff in the world. I oh, love. He's it. he's got the he has the industry's attention. Oh yeah, whether you agree with him or not, it's great because he's honest, and I love that. Uh, but anyway, I I don't uh, hate it. I embrace it, but I am self admittedly no good at it. Uh, not yet. I'm not great at it. And uh, you know, but I don't think it's the devil. I don't think it's the Antichrist. I don't think it's the <laughs> Illuminati. I don't think it's, you know, the God particle. I don't think it's any of that. I just think it's a technology, you know? Yeah. That's interesting that you, th you think that, I guess, developing brains are going, it's something that you're, you're growing up with and that you're more open to molding and changing with and that 
So you're basically saying you'll never see an, an an old guy, old old guy who's a guru at this stuff because there's so many things ingrained in him and his learning capacity with the development of the brain. It's like, hey, I've learned what I'm going to learn. I can get good with it, but I'll never be uh, uh, an all star. Yeah, I think there's something to said to, to be said about that. Now, okay. there's a million facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying the average dude, mm-hmm. like me, the average dumb dude that's 50. I don't think we'll ever <laughs> grasp it the way that these younger anglers are grasping oh, it. Okay, know, Steve Kennedy's an anomaly because he's just the ultra smart guy. So yeah. he, he will, but everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let me let me ask you this then: is this a is this a cyclical thing? When when you were were making your run, so take yeah. let, let's name it a handful like you. Uh, what what year you came in in like what the the early Late 90s. Late 90s, yeah, late, early 2000s. Late 90s, early 2000s. Yes. So you're talking like uh, Edwin Evers, uh, you, Tim Horton. I mean, the, that whole group, Skeet. Yeah. Uh, a Kevin had been around for a, a couple years, but Kevin's even in that group, I would put. Yeah. Did you yeah. guys, I don't want to use the term push out, but did you guys challenge the uh nixon's not a good example because he's a freak show uh but like the woo daves and the larry nixons and the ken cooks back then where they were going these dang young kids and their ability to use gps mapping and when side imaging and dropping on fish on 2d and you know my triangulation doesn't matter anymore that i spent 30 years is this the exact same thing that is happening it's just a rebranding and rebirth of it with the forward facing sonar yeah yeah it is and it's going to continue to happen i mean it's just a changing of the guard and uh you know i i think what happens is you know as times change and technology changes and things change you know there is a changing of the guard and and it doesn't mean that the older guard the newer guard the future guard nobody's any better they're just embracing their now. And, you know, so, you know, the, the, the hot anglers of the seventies and eighties, they're just as good as the good young guys. Now it's just a different realm, you know? But, um, I, I think for me, yeah, when I came up, I came up at the perfect time for me, which was, I was able to embrace some of the early advancement in sonar. So I wasn't one of the guys holding on to a flasher and they're still out there. I wasn't one of those guys. I was embracing 2D and side imaging and GPS technology. I was embracing it, but I also had the ability to fish. And, and it's all like, I, if, if you put me in any other error, I don't think I would have done as well because I had this ability to uh, fish and find fish by fishing. And, mm-hmm. and you know, just like, you know, dark to dark days and, and throwing a crankbait until you find the fish. And I was able yeah. to feel around with the bait. I got really good at that. And that, I think that error was really good at that. And so, you know, you take away, uh, take away that now, you know, I, I wouldn't have been as good now. So, Oh my gosh, I just realized it. The, Oh, okay. This is all coming together. All right. Your average wins. Now, some of these are three dayers, right? You throw in an open or a classic, but like yeah. you're not, you don't have pretty wins. Does that make sense? 
I don't. You, you've got to. you've got ugly wins, Ike. You're talking Always. about about grinders, river fisheries, the whole Always. fish the moment thing. But 44 pounds, 47, 48, 28, 37, 55. Oh, yeah. si- your biggest win is is on uh in 2006 on Gunnersville, and it's like the lowest winning weight ever on Gunnersville for four days with 71 pounds. Here's yeah. where I'm going with this, Ike. Yeah. The I just experienced this on Sam Rayburn in the open fall yeah. transition bait out everywhere. Oh yeah. Grinders tournament, right? Yeah. Forward facing sonar was yeah. massive in that. That really has to hurt the grinders. Well, it, it, I, you know, I think everybody has their style and, you know, if you look at my track record in events that are, you know, um, tougher events, yeah. I, I do excel. So, you know, the year that I won anger of the year, uh, you're a history buff. You can go back and look, but I think we had 11, uh, back then. It, I don't mm-hmm. think it was technically the elites, maybe it was the elites back then. We had 11 events that s- would span from late winter to late fall. So I got a chance to have winter type tournaments, which generally suck. I had a chance to fish fall type tournaments, which generally suck. Heat of the summer tournaments. When the classic was in August, July and August, that's when I won my classic. It sucked. Yeah. So, you know, but, but again, that's just, that's just my, my style and it fits who I am. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, I'm okay with being just, you know, I'm a marginal hardworking angler, you know, that, uh, that I do better in tough tournaments. And I think, I also think real quick, just, just to give shout out to New Jersey and South Jersey, maybe even the entire Northeast. It's not very good up here. (laughs) Like you take away upstate New York, you take away upstate New York. Look at the rest of the Uh, Chesapeake has its moments, doesn't it? Chesapeake has its moments, but in as a whole, yeah, in general, fishing Northeast is tough. And we have, you know, look at our look at our population base. You know, we have Boston, Hartford, New York City, Philadelphia, Baltimore, Washington. Do we have all that within a couple hundred miles of each other? Uh, there are what? millions, millions of people. You know, it's fishing pressures. Yeah. You know, it's it's tough. It stinks up here. You know, what's your worst towing a boat through that stuff? Traffic story. Have you ever just gotten in a real pickle? Because I just remember driving like to your to your house and stuff like it was like it was not enjoyable. And that's every day just getting to the lake, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, the highways up here when you're on the major thoroughfares, it's always a nightmare um, work hours, especially. So, you know, that six to nine a.m., you know, three to five p.m. Anytime you're on a highway near a major city, you're screwed. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but you know, I probably, my, my almost unbelievable experience ever is we did uh early days of Ike foundation. In fact, year one of Ike foundation, we did an event in New York city in central park. And I had to tow my truck and boat, you know, into the city to park the rig at central park. It was one of the most unbelievably white knuckled, scary nerve wracking experiences. And, you know, New Yorkers, they drive different, man. You know, they just drive different and there's middle fingers and horns and and FUs every five minutes. So uh, it's been some crazy driving times over the years, for sure, living in this part of the world, you know. To put a bow on the whole forward facing sonar and technology stuff, you just got your boat rigged this year, didn't you? I did. I got it rigged this year. And, you know, so, you know, one of the things that I think I was hurting, one of the things that was hurting me is not the fact 
that I didn't have the technology, but the fact that the technology wasn't installed and totally dialed in 100%. So maximizing it, maximizing, efficiency. Maximizing efficiency. So this year, I'm so stoked, man. I'm so freaking excited because I this year I just drew a line in the sand and I said, I'm having guys that know how to rig electronics rig my electronics this year. And so work with the Bass Tank guys this year as a lot of the pros do. And I can tell you just in a week, like I literally got my boat a week ago, just in a week's time, I can see a difference in what I'm seeing and how I'm able to interpret stuff. So, you know, that's a big factor. I mean, the, the, the cables you run, the settings, how it's rigged to a battery, uh, you know, your, your clarity, your, all this stuff, which again, for a dumb 50 year old is mind blowing. Um, you know, working with those guys is, was, has been a blessing so far. And I, I really do hope that this year I'm able to embrace that technology more and, use it to help me. I'm not saying, you know, I'm going to go from zero to a win with that technology, but use it to help me maybe catch a few more fish, maybe make a check, maybe make a top 10, you know, using active targets. I'm, I'm pretty excited. I, I, it's not like calling you out, but I've had some conversations with Matt Looney recently from pro guide. Oh, yeah. and he, he says that you and I have some similar questions when it comes to batteries that you understand what you want more, but we both have a very rudimentary and basic understanding of, of how everything actually works. And he he was anticipating, he's probably watching now, yeah. us having a lithium battery discussion on BTL just to see yeah. if we could hold that. Because to me, that's like a foreign language. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, any, you know, technology to me yeah. is fun. We, we said it. I could barely get on this live chat. This oh, morning. you did so, great. You, you sound awesome. Thank you. Um, but, but yeah, so battery wise, let me tell you this, that in a 30 year career, Matt, listen, listen to me, 30 years of fishing, I have struggled with, I mean, when we talk about equipment, the biggest thing I've struggled with is batteries and battery performance. And a lot of it falls on me. A lot of it, there are people listening, watching right now say, why? A lot of it falls on me because I am abusive, borderline abusive. I am abusive with how I treat batteries and, you know, just, just the way that I fish, the hours, the, the limited charging time, the mm -hmm. where I'm going with the boat, you know, like I'm very brutal on batteries. And so, man, you know, the lithium technology and being able to hook up with the guys from pro guide, it's been so awesome for me because finally after 30 years last year, and then starting again this year, I feel like I'm finally like getting my hands wrapped around what I need to be able to go no matter what. And that's a big thing for me, right? A big thing for me is, you know, not a, I don't fish once a month. I don't recreationally fish. I don't, you know, guide fish leisurely i am brutal on these things and i need a system in place that no matter what happens i'll have a battery to to get me through the day and honestly i can tell you that it with lithium technology with with what i've what i've created with pro guide i finally have that after 30 years i'm so so stoked about it man so stoked uh 
I mean, the rumor is that you have like multiple cutoff switches and like five or six different batteries and that you could probably go like two weeks without charging. And then the stuff that recharges like, like, listen, I, I cut it. It was in Oklahoma here. So I've heard rumors yeah. of this build yeah. and it's it. Uh, you have how many back there? Six or five? I have six batteries. So, you know, now, now, <laughs> yeah, but listen to me, you know, okay. for a lot of people, this is overkill. And again, I'm not. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're Iconelli. This yeah. is your job. This is what this you do for a job. living, Mike. And here, yeah. And here's the thing. I'm not, this is just what works for me. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, abusive fishing nonstop. This is what works for me. I'm not advocating everyone has to have six <laughs> lithium batteries, but the great thing about the lithium technology, uh, two of the things I love is the weight, and the chargeback time, right? So we've got two big things in our advantage. So with six ProGuide lithium batteries today in my boat, I am a few hundred pounds lighter than when I was running four or five AGM batteries, okay? So man, I am a few hundred pounds lighter. I have a quicker chargeback, but here's my system in a whole. I wanted a system that I had dedicated Lithium batteries for my trolling motor, dedicated lithium batteries for my electronics and cranking. Uh, but I also wanted one reserve battery for each on a switch. And, you know, that is for the what if. Man, you never know. Matt, you know better than anybody. You're a gypsy. You're a gypsy too. Yeah. You're traveling. You get to a hotel. The power goes out. You're snoozing. You never get a charge. Um you know, uh, a, a limb falls on your external battery charger as it's sitting in the parking lot and breaks that. It doesn't get a charge. Whatever. Uh, you know, stuff happens, you know. And with this system I created, using using switches, using Perco switches, I've got a backup battery for my trolling motor, 36 volt, and a backup battery for my electronics uh, at all time. If something happens, boom, I switch it. I'm still in the game. Very important. Very important for me. That's good stuff, Ike. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to take our first break of the 2023 season. Actually got a couple a couple new commercials in. I'm excited. This stuff is going to continue to to, uh, to navigate and change. When we come back, I tease it a little bit in the open. I want to get into the Bass Nation, the Federation Nation. I know this is something that's very near and dear to your heart. Uh, you know, the the Federation or the Federation, the Bass Nation presidents. I mean, I think there's some changes coming down the road. Yeah. I want you to put on your your uh, ideal scenario hat. Where does the Bass Nation fall? Where did the grassroots guys fall? And if it was up to you and I'll give you this will give you a couple minutes to think about it. What is the perfect system for those grassroots guys to determine the top grassroots guys in the country? And then what should their reward be? Should there be classic spots? Should there be elite series spots? How hard and difficult should it be? How prestigious? How can they grow this thing? Because uh, let's face it, Ike, right now they're getting their butts kicked by the BFLs and the Toyota series, but mainly that BFL, that is a massive chunk of, of anglers that could and should be competing at that Bass Nation level. That's my soapbox. I'm going to give you time to think about it. BTL on a Monday, new studio, Shawnee, Oklahoma with Mike Iaconelli. We will be back right after this. Introducing HDS Pro. Watch fish reacting to your lure live with Active Target 2. Get game-changing clarity in the megahertz range with the new Active Imaging HD Sonar. 
Find the richest fishing spots with Seamaps charts. Take full control of your boat with the ultimate fishing system, HDS Pro. The more you see, the more you catch. The new Puma STS has been redesigned from the ground up. With the angler, design, function, and performance in mind, nothing on this new offering was compromised, and the only thing carried over from the previous version is the name. Based on the soft touch series hull that started with the flagship Jaguar, this new model is nimble and performs incredibly well at all speeds with either a 250 or 300 horsepower engine. Featuring a new 96 inch wide body footprint, this hull measures out at 20 foot 7 inches in length. Industry leading design coupled with tournament winning performance. The Puma STS from Basscat. Feel the rush. Hey guys, Gerald Swindle representing the AFCO Hydronaut. This is the jacket I love wearing when times is tough, and I'm talking about the weather, not the fishing. The jacket, what I like, I got a double cup right here. I can seal up the bottom of my jacket, because when you're fishing, you're holding your arms up, you're bad about getting water, it runs downhill. Everything bends good, I'm long arm. Look, it fits very comfortable. My arms are flexible. I've got the speed hood on, pouring down rain. I can get everything zipped up. One thing they did is they made plenty of pocket space. If you ain't got no pockets in a Hydronaut rain suit, you just got too much stuff from the water member brain that's 30k baby 30 times the reason you ain't gonna get wet super warm if it's cold in the winter time you put on your hydronaut you're gonna be a much more comfortable person if you want to just look sexy at dairy queen wear your hydronaut we got it from small to 5 x most rain gear does not come in that many sizes you got waist adjusting strap we can make it fit you no matter what the environment is we want you to be comfortable we want you to be dry you gotta check it out it ain't gonna let you down all right we are back live with the man, Mike Iaconelli. And before we took a break, I think I still have a commercial issue because I got a text that said we were live. We were both just looking at our phones. <laughs> yeah, it says commercials done, but they weren't done. I was talking about Pro Guide batteries and Exode lures. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'll have to figure that. Smart, minor glitch. But before before we uh, took a break, I wanted to, to uh, give you a minute to think about uh, ideal scenario federation nation bass nation grassroots yeah what does bass need to do to bring it back to the Oof. glory of the 90s and early 2000s before the split with the tbf because after that it's never been the same yeah you hit it on the head um you know the glory days of the federation of the bass nation uh it, it was something really really special um you know it was it was why i started fishing tournaments you know it was my my start it was my beginning. Uh, and it had, I don't know, maybe like a pride aspect to it just to be a part of that group. Um, and yeah, since the split, you know, that, that has definitely went away. Uh, I, I think there, there's still some of that, but it's, it's went away. So, you know, the biggest thing is when that group split, you know, it split the membership in half, it split the energy in half. Um, you know, that needs, that needs to come back. Um, like I remember, you know, when I was 19, 20, joined my first club that was affiliated with the Federation. One of the things that I couldn't wait for is they gave me this sticker, this BASS sticker. 
And I couldn't wait to put that on the back window behind my driver's seat, you know, like what do they need to do to get that feeling back? You know, that's, that's, that's a great question. You know, I, I, I don't know all the answers, but um, one of the answers for sure is to not take away some of these avenues into the classic, into, you know, an elite spot. I think they should do that. I think they should 100% do that because I can close my eyes and vividly remember being that age and saying a guy from New Jersey, I was DJing on the weekends. I was working at Dick's Sporting Goods for crying out loud. I was in retail. I'm Mm -hmm. a regular dude. There's no way I'll ever make a classic. This is my only chance ever for just the regular dude to make the class. Like that is a big thing. And, you know, it was a big reason, you know, besides the camaraderie and all that stuff was a big reason that we, I participated, that a lot of guys participated. So I think taking away that stuff is, is wrong. You know, should, should they let 10 guys in the classic to the, the, the federate, the, the nation? No, but a few guys, 100%, um, an elite berth for the top guy, 100%. That stuff's got to stay. Um, and, and Bass needs to make it mean something again. You know, they meet, they need to build up that feeling of belonging to a club that is the best club in the world. You know, that's left. And I don't know how you totally get that back, you know? I mean, Vegas is a couple of years away from joining a club and fishing the Bass Nation. I mean, I'm assuming that you're going to not, I mean, you're going to make, let him know that that route is available if it's the one that he chooses to take. Yes. Yes. And he's, and he's been fishing it. He's been fishing the junior Bass Nation since he was 10 years old. Uh, I, I'm sorry. Take that back. Since he was eight years old. I think it's eight in New Jersey. So, uh, yes, like that, that is important, you know, and it, and it has to lead to something. So like last year, Vegas qualified for the junior national championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, went down and fished his first one, came in ninth out of like 300 kids. I mean, it was amazing. Like they need to keep those things in place. I think if they take that stuff away, it's, you know, it's you're just, if you lose that route, you lose, you lose the interest to participate, you know? I thought about you a couple of weeks ago when I was watching golf, Ike. Um <laughs> That's well, strange. No, no, it, it makes sense. Uh, obviously, Tiger Woods' son, Charlie, there's all sorts of comparisons about his swing and how he acts like him. And I'm thinking of the expectations that are that are put on this kid because Tiger's, yeah. Tiger's bigger than, than, than life. Yeah. Now, I mean, over the past two decades, you have an expected persona. You're, you're bigger than life. You're Ike and Ellie. You're never give up. And here comes Vegas. So I'm saying there's expectations on Vegas to, to go Ike and to be Ike. Yeah. But I also know how involved Becky is and how involved you are. And, and the interesting Tiger said was, I told him to emulate Rory's swing, not my swing. Yeah. But you're seeing a chip off the old block. How is that with Vegas? Is there someone uh, that if, you know, it seems like he wants to do this, like he's ate up with it. Like this is yeah. his, his life passion, kind of like Charlie Woods. Is there someone out there that if you were to tell him, emulate this guy's style, this guy's talent, this guy's career. Yeah. 
who would that be or is it you and do you think that's more challenging for him having to grow up like that yeah it's a great it's a great question i think there's a little bit of both things that you said you know the one is i think by default vegas has been fishing with me like my other kids since he literally could hold a fishing rod um his first rod was an ice fishing rod so he's been fishing a spinning rod since he was like two or three years old but so i think by default he sees things fishing with me you know that he'll pick up on and that he'll he'll do and and you know some of the things why i watch him fishing some of the things he's doing are definitely things that i think he's picked up from me uh you know by being in the same boat with me at the same time you know, like I love when he gets to fish with other people. So uh, give, give an example, like um, he fishes um, not just the junior nation tournaments, but he fishes this new Ike Foundation youth trail that we've created. And um, we do a random draw with the kids and we have boat captains. And he was lucky enough last year to get paired with Greg De Palma on, okay. on a deeper New Jersey lake. Well, Greg showed him things that day with active target with, with, uh, with the hummingbird one that Greg's mm -hmm. using that he came back and just blew my mind with what he had learned. So, you know, I think that to become an amazing fisherman, you have to be a sponge and I want him to sponge off of as many different anglers as he can, not even just pro anglers, but other kids uh peers other adults right become a sponge the best anglers have little pieces from everyone um so there's that but the other part of it that i want to say is that with four kids it's the one thing you learn is that they're all their own person and they all they all are different people and that's like i don't think you could even mold that it's just they're born with that and vegas has things that will never be me that makes him his own angler. Um, you, you know, a lot of it's the mental stuff. So I, I've got to captain him a few times in the last few years and would watch him lose fish, three, four pounders that I knew when they came off, that was it. Like, and I, I'm a boat captain. There's another kid in the boat. So I just, I'm at, I put my hood up. And I like scrunch down in the bottom of the boat and inside I'm yelling the F word as loud as I can inside <laughs> internally. I'm burning. Like I'm just, I'm crawling in my chair and I watch him and like literally fixes the hook on his drop shot, looks at his max scent bait, makes sure it's nice and straight and throws back out there. Not phased one bit. Really? That's not me. That's not me. That's, that's Becky. That's, somebody that's somebody else that's not me so he's his own person in in the mental in the casting he has this casting style i have no idea who taught it from he shoots from the hip he actually casts sideways with his his elbow like tucked in and he has this cast that's the weirdest strangest looking it's worse than boy duckett's cast the weirdest <laughs> strange looking strangest looking cast i've ever seen in my life but he he is the most accurate kid with a spinning rod i've ever seen in my life so that's not me like yeah. who's that right so you know i think i think he's a little bit of both i think he's got his own thing going on he's his own person i think he's he's sponging a little from people he's fishing with from youtube videos he's watching from Bassmaster articles he's reading he's sponging and then the last thing i'll say with this is 
Becky and I are very conscious to never push any of our kids in a direction they don't want to go in. So mm-hmm. Vegas loves soccer. He's a soccer head just really? as much as fishing. He loves building robots. Dude, he's building these robots and he's, he's doing these model planes. He's like got an engineering mind. Let him, he needs to grow up and be the kid he's going to be. He's destined to be. And we're very big advocates of that. So we'll see what happens. Boy, you took the shot at, at Duckett, and then Sean chimes in and says, can't be worse than Travis Manson's two-handed casting. <laughs> you know, I say that, I, I say, I don't know Travis's cast, but I say that to Boyd, not in a detrimental way, because th- he's like Vegas, where his cast is very ugly and unorthodox. But look, he's won classics, he's won uh, As I he's say, won, he's won he's majors, he's won elite series, he's won uh, opens, he's won Bassmaster classics. He, Boy, Duckett is seriously the most caught. Like I mentioned that you've won on every single level. There's no one else that's won everything that uh, Boy Duckett has won yeah. at the bass yeah. level. Yeah. And and so I, I said that half kidding because. No, you know, I know. The, the great thing about fishing, honestly, this is one of the great things about the sport is that you can be way more unorthodox in everything than mm-hmm. in other sports, you know, in like football, baseball, hockey, all those you fundamentals have you have to, certain fundamentals everyone does the yeah, same things you have to fit into a certain box in fishing the great thing about this sport is you can really you can go outside of that box and still be one of the best in the world you know a lot of listeners with kids that are vegas's age yep. i know you just talked about fu- fundamental but but there are certain things if you were to take uh three things that if you have a young kid who's really into fishing that you feel like it's important to instill in them at an early age that will serve them for the next 60 years of their fishing career. What are those things? Yeah. Oh man, that's such a good question. And there there's way more than three things. So right. like, uh, I'll give you, I'll give you probably the top three, just thinking about coaching and fishing Vegas and his peers when I'm at a tournament with, with other kids. You know, the one is um, what I call like, so, you know, the best way I, I can describe it uh, to the kids is like, you know, they have a tendency to get up, you know, they get in an area and they just want to keep making the same cast over and over and over again, whether they caught a fish or maybe they just love that spot. Like I find Vegas being too thorough in one spot and like I'll watch and they, make the same cast over and over and over. And I'm a big advocate of teaching kids to cover the water. And the way I explain it is, is I tell them like cut pizza. Like, you know, if you made a pizza pie and then you get the, the cutter and you slice, make slices out of the pizza. Right. You know, I really want kids to, to learn that, to, to make every cast a little different. Now, if you catch a fish, definitely make that cast again. And if you get another bite, but after a while, you know, keep saning the area, right? Keep cutting that pizza. So that's one thing, you know, is covering water, not getting complacent. That's, that's definitely one. Another one is just, you know, and this is a really hard one to teach, but it is um, teaching the kids that anything different has to be checked or set on. And, and I got lucky with Vegas because he was, very good at an early age of awareness of something changing. But um, a lot of kids in the boat, you know, I try to, I, I try to explain that if you make a cast and something feels different, even if it's not an obvious thing that I want you to check it mm-hmm. or just set the hook, 
you know, and, and I, I can tell you that doing this as long as I've done it, 60% of the fish I catch, the bites I get, they're not even bites. They're not like, toing. they're just, something feels off, you know? And learning that at an early age, I think is, is, is very important. Uh, and then the last one is probably the most important one. And this is hard coming from the mindset of a competitive angler. And if, if there, there are hardcore dads watching this, hardcore moms watching this, that you, you, you're ate up with fishing and you're competitive like me, the most important thing is those kids have to have fun. And that is hard for me, right? Because, you know, I'm always, I'm cutthroat because I'm an elite angler for 30 years. I'm cutthroat. Like I, you know, sometimes it's not fun because, mm -hmm. but it has to be fun. And I step outside of myself whenever I'm fishing with Vegas or kids to make it fun. It's gotta be fun on days when they're not biting, make it fun, ha you know, have that fun element because that keeps them coming back. If it's, if it's not fun, if they go out and feel like they're, you know, they're being yelled at or they're, they're worthless or they can't catch a fish and fishing's boring. They're never coming back. Make it fun. You got to make it fun every time. If you can figure out a way to do that, they'll, they'll be hooked forever. You good for one more segment? Of course I am. All right. I got some questions I've never asked that I just, I want to ask you. Oh. When we get right. back. I like that. I mean, you're not, you're not obligated to answer. You don't have to answer if you don't no. want to, but I'm going gonna to go ahead and throw it out. I'm also going to see if the commercials work this time. All right. I'm going to just, I'm going to leave this with you as we go to commercial. What is that? It's an old ink bottle. Look at that. Wait. Full label. And that's not old, old. This is actually probably 1920s or 30s, but attic fine. So it came out of an attic, original top, full label, actually has some contents remaining in it. Isn't that amazing? Look at that. How did it last that long? You really do collect those? That's on your Bassmaster profile. Of course I do. I thought that was just all BS. They're all true, Matt. Cabbage Patch Dolls, Ham Radio, Flute, Ghost Hunting. It's all crochet? Real. Yes, Cliff Crochet. It's all real. We just had him on. He had all like all four of his kids on the screen at the same time while his wife was telling him something and the dog, the golden doodle showed up. It was, it was glorious. He was oh. the last show of 2022. Oh, Matt. Uh, I got to, uh, wait, wait a minute. I got to, uh, wait, wait, wait. I got four kids. Oh, Matt. He's such a good dude. He's a good dude. I love Cliff. Man. He is a good dude. All right. BTL with Mike Iconelli. We'll come back with the final segment right after this. Are you looking to install your own fishing electronics? The solution is the Bass Tank Power Harness. It takes the guesswork out of installation. No more voltage issues or interference. Designed by an engineer so that you can get professional results right there in your own garage. Installation done right with the help of the Bass Tank Power Harness. You can feel confident knowing that your installation was done right. The Bass Tank Power Harness. Give us a call or order yours today at thebasstank.com. Get the best patterns backed by tournament data. Start by finding the best 10% of your lake. Know exactly what to look for and what to throw. After that, you just put them in the boat. Try the Deep Dive app today. Look at that beast right there. Combining one of the most popular hook styles with Gamakatsu's beefier Superline offering, the Gamakatsu Superline Offset Round Bend delivers the strength necessary to target big fish in heavy cover. Well suited for braided line and heavier floral carbon, 
The Gamakatsu Superline Offset Round Bed is built using stronger Superline wire that allows anglers to easily fish a finesse worm around heavy cover. The round bend offers a larger bite area, perfect for any worm presentation, while increasing your hookup ratios. The newly enhanced Z-Bend holds your plastics on the hook longer, reducing the number of pull-offs and reducing damage to plastics. Available in 2-aught, 3-aught, 4-aught, and 5-aught, this is the most durable worm hook, designed for heavier lines that hold your bait on longer. Preparation is key to success. And that preparation starts well before you ever hit the water. You're only as strong as your connection to the fish, and your line is that critical connection. Confidence in your line every minute of every day on the water is a necessity, and failure, it's not an option. Sunline makes the fluorocarbon, nylon, and braided lines to give you the strength to guarantee your confidence. Have you considered purchasing new electronics for your rig? The type of mounts you choose to protect your investment should be part of the decision-making process. No matter if you prefer one, two, or three graphs up front, Beatdown Outdoors has a solution for you. Adjustable, versatile, rigid, and made in the USA. What's your ultimate electronic setup? Check out the full selection of Beatdown Outdoors products by visiting BeatdownOutdoors.com. All right, we are back. Final segment with the man, Mike Iaconelli. Are you pissed off at how 2022 went? Like, is this going to be a deal where you come out of the gates swinging? Because you had a weird year. You did really good in the derbies that had like 250 boats and then not so great in the derbies that had 98. Yeah, our theory is correct. On tournaments that are good for the fish are biting, I stink. On tournaments that suck, like all the opens, I'm great. <laughs> Our theory's <laughs> correct. Wow, we're smart. I, uh, no, you know, I, I mean, let me. I don't know. I'm. I'm. It's a weird question for me because I have mixed emotions. Mm-hmm. You know, am I pissed off? 100, percent man. I am. I, you know me. I'm. We're very much. By the way, I don't want to throw you under the bus, but we're very much alike in in some regards. And I, I, I won't even get into all the stories. There were some good stories from last year and the year before, but. We're very much alike because we're competitive, man. Hey, if you're in this sport and you want to win and you want to succeed, you want to make the elites in the classic. Dude, if you're not pissed off, there's something wrong with you. Get out. Go go do golf like you were talking about. Do something else. So part of me, yeah, really pissed off when I look back at that season. Uh, and, and, you know, I think that does drive you to do better. You know, that, you know, I joke with Becky about it and, uh, one of the things in my career, I think anger and frustration has been a good for me in my career. I say anger is a gift. And she always hits me over the top of the head, smacks me in the face or something. Uh, but, you know, there is something to be said about that. And I think uh, for sure it's, it's fresh on my mind. I want to do better. I think it's going to drive me harder to, to have a better year competitively in 23. But the other half, man, let me think of a good way. I, I I don't want to say I don't give a shit because that's the wrong way to say it. Perspective. Yeah. The other half is when I look at my career, man, I am in, I'm in my happy place. I've done everything I wanted to do. I'll just real quick while we're here. There's a couple there. That one might be a classic. That might be an angle of the year. There's a kayak one there. 
There's a couple over there. You know, look, man, I've done everything I ever wanted to do as a competitive angler I've done. And, and then outside of fishing, this sport, my, it's taken me places I've never, dude, I get to travel. I get to design stuff with companies. I get to film fun TV stuff. Man, are you kidding me? Like, how could I be mad at having a bad tournament season when I've done everything I wanted to do? And I don't want to sound complacent. I don't want to sound totally satisfied because that's anti-competitive. But I'm pretty happy, man. I'm pretty happy. And all these offshoots, Ike Live and Bash U and mm -hmm. Ike Foundation. Man, I'm happy. This stuff is amazing. You know, life is not, especially after you achieve your goals, you have to have a little change of heart. And, uh, it, you know, it, it's bad for me if I dwell and live on the fact that I had a bad year every single moment. I had a bad year. I look at it. Yeah, I'm mad. I'm pissed off. I'm going to go out and work hard and do the same thing I did last year and hopefully have a better year. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, what are you going to do? In 2023 and beyond, is there anybody who can make a living uh, make a living, not just have a good year, but make a living fishing? Or do you have to have multiple revenue streams if you want to be have longevity at the top level of this game? There are very few. It's a great question. And it's, I hope right now, young, especially young anglers, high school, college level anglers, young adults, really put their ear to this podcast because there are very few. I would say... One to 3% of all the anglers trying to do this have the talent and ability to only fish. That's it. And even those guys are smart enough to know that they should do other stuff. But for the, the other, you know, 87, uh, 97%, 98% of the anglers, 100% you have to have the wherewithal to create other businesses, to do other things, to promote, to market, to teach. Uh, if you don't, dude, you're going to, you know, uh, you're going to be just hurting your whole life financially. You're clawing your whole life. Um, so I think it's it goes hand in hand. If you want to fish professionally, you have to accept the fact that there are other pieces to that job. Uh, and then, you know, and then it's just, and then it's just your work ethic and desire to how big do you want to make mm -hmm. it? Um, you have to have those elements in place, you know, especially the marketing and promotion <clears throat> and that stuff in this age, if you're not getting good at that, if you, if you reject that, it's a mistake, you know, it's a mistake. I've always wanted to make this list. We're going to make it right now. <laughs> the things that you have, 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 have endorsed, sold, created, put on the market. Uh, I, I don't have it because Jeffrey's kept it, but I mean, we're talking <laughs> back in the day, it's you in a, a blue Yamaha Jersey with the belt draped down the side of your leg with the glasses. And it's the, the Mike Iconelli never give up cassette tape. Oh, you were yeah. marketing the cassette tape. Dude, you came out with like a memoir book like three years into your career. Like oh, who yeah. does who does that? So yeah. okay, let's do let's come out with things like this. So we'll start with the the best of them, the iked up energy drink. Are you good with this? Oh, you yeah. good with making this oh, list? I, Unique I love, things that you 
I love making the list. I love making lists. But let, let me just real quick, let me say that, um, you know, I am a big believer in not just hustling and working, you know, every day waking up and saying, what can I do? You know, I'm a big believer in the hustle, but I'm also a big believer. Becky is too in not being afraid to try stuff, throw it on the wall, some stick, some slide down very quickly. So I'm not afraid of either of those things. So go ahead, Matt. I'm ready. All right. We got to start with the energy drink and the socks. Okay. Yeah. Energy drink, 100%. I think energy drinks, there's a need for it in our sport, especially early days, long drives. So, you know, to have an opportunity to put my brand to an energy drink, dude, that was the coolest thing in the world. I loved it. And it wasn't just, man, let's put an Ike logo on this drink. I actually, dude, it was so cool because we got to do like formulas and taste tests and packaging and all that. Dude, oh, I didn't realize that. Oh yeah, it was great. It was awesome. But what I learned is that in the beverage world, it's all about bottling and distribution. So to have an upstart energy drink company and you're competing with Monster and Red Bull, there's politics and money involved with that just like anything else. So that was a tough one, but uh, no regrets on that. And I wish I wish Iked Up was still around. It was a good one. And it tasted great with vodka, by the way. I had a bottle. I had a can. I've showed it to you before on the show. Yeah. It exploded six months ago. I came into the studio. As a show everything, yeah. everything had Iked Up all over it. Wow. Messy. I was very disappointed. It lasted for like five or six years. Ah, darn it. Yeah. Or more than that. It was, lo- that was a long time ago. Yeah, it was a good one. Uh, the socks, you know, the socks, I think any apparel, you know, makes sense uh, for branding, makes sense, you know, for us to get involved with. So, you know, like we have a great relationship with AFCO and, you know, that was one that spawned where it was something that they didn't have a product that we were directly working with. So like a sock and it was heavily tied to the foundation. So, you know, anytime a licensing agreement or an endorsement pops up where the company says, we want to put your name on this, but we want to give back to the foundation. That made a lot of sense. So really cool project working with the socks. And we had a limited amount of socks that we came out with. And a lot of the income and revenue that was generated went right to kids fishing and uh, no, no regrets on that one either. You know, there's a lot of apparel items that I'd like to consider. What about a man thong, Ike man thong yeah. with, with the logo strategically placed, yeah. uh, banana hammock, you know, yeah. a lot of good products we could do, you know? Yeah. I got in trouble the last time I talked about someone fishing in a banana hammock. <laughs> uh, I can't get in trouble. So do you remember the moment when you were like, dude, I need to write a book? I remember the moment and that one, I can't, take a hundred percent credit for. And, and there's a lot of, you know, really cool opportunities that happened. One we're on right now, why I'm here. Shout out to Mark Jeffries for convincing me to do Ike live. By the way, Matt, we're our 10th year anniversary. I know you guys are way ahead of us, but our 10th year anniversary big. is this February. So not next show, but the show after 10 years. But, um, a lot of these cool opportunities I've had aren't things that I came up with. They're things that were approached. You know, we got approached by, and that was one that that happened 
just came to me. And it was, you know, after I won the classic, you know, it was that that whole year was a blur. 2003 to 2004 was a blur. I've never had more opportunities placed in front of me after winning that tournament. ESPN owned bass. Media was going crazy about bass fishing for the first. It was an amazing 12 months, actually 24 months. But I had a uh, uh, book agent, a literary agent. I didn't even know there was such a thing. Approach me. A uh, guy's name was Mark. Approached me about making a book, writing a book. And I was like, oh, yeah, book, a fishing book? Yeah, I've, I've done fishing books. I Because at that point, I actually had already had a, a finesse fishing book that I wrote myself, done, uh, you know, in a notebook. He's like, a book? Oh, yeah, yeah, I've, I've, I've got a book ready, and I wrote a, you know. I, no, 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 no. We want, we want to write a book about, we'd like to do a book about your life, about the sport, about... And I was like taken back, uh, you know, because I, I didn't even understand, like, really? Like, why? I'm like, I don't, you know, but it was one of those things that we thought about it. And I'm so glad that I did it. It was a lot of hard work. I had two co-authors uh, that wrote the project with me, a lot of work over the course of a year. But let me tell you that in that part of my life, you got to remember, I, I won the classic. But I was also going through a divorce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of bad stuff going on in my life too. Matt, it was the most therapeutic, emotionally therapeutic thing I could ever have done was to sit down and talk and and be honest and let it out. Uh, you know, uh, I think uh, I think especially for so many men, it's a very hard thing to do is to let it out. And uh, man, it it was. Gosh, it, it, it sort of saved me uh, that 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 year, those those years there. So great project. Uh, we're still selling copies to this day. It's amazing. People are still buying the book. Uh, pretty cool. You know. Uh, great 12, uh, 12 or 13 part, maybe uh, docuseries that came out last year uh once a week uh, i know we did like a ike documentary a number of years ago after you'd won on the delaware river where mark jeffries came down but this is a really good docuseries uh that came out on your youtube channel each one's 12 to 18 minutes long that goes through all of this stuff talks about all this stuff you really open up at it that was a fantastic project that i think is a great uh a great legacy uh for you uh to open up and, and talk about it really well done on that one too i just wanted to, to mention that a lot of stuff you tough talked on here. You can go back and find the episode where you talk about that, that stage in your life. Yeah. I appreciate that. That was another one that, you know, we had, um, internally here, we had a conversation about, I didn't think about it. It was guy uh, working with this named Justin that said, you know, let's do a documentary. Let's do a docuseries. And I said, well, I did a book and he said, yeah, but this is a way to dive into it in more detail. And a lot has passed since you wrote the book. And I said, you know what, you're right. And I, and I think, it was, um, you know, just like the book. It was a great way for me to let go of stuff and not let it eat me up and, um, you know, just to talk about it. It's very freeing, you know. So thank you for saying that. And and the original docuseries was a Mark Jeffries product, project. So shout out to Mark for that. All right. You mentioned a couple a couple years here, and I've always wanted to know this. So you win the, the, you win the classic in 03. Yes. Okay, this is the start of the boom. You win the Angler of the Year in 06, which is the first year of the Elite Series. Yes. 
ESPN takes over Bass here. You have Bass Center. You have the ESPN outdoor blocks. You have team deals. You are in the the mecca of this, Ike, from being the classic champ with the personality. I just remember I've watched that show on how much Jerry McInnes is sitting there going, holy cow, this guy's going to make me a lot of money on the show. When he talk- I mean, you could see it. Like, go back and watch the Bassmaster show from that classic. He's like, we got, we got someone who's outside the box, right? Like, he's seeing dollar signs with every... Ah! Yeah. And and then you win the Angler of the Year in 06. Like I mentioned, this uh time and time again, I hear I hear of, of guys in your generation talk about that was the absolute heyday. Uh and Mark even just mentioned it with a with Bass Zone 20 years ago, 18, 20 years ago when he started, as far as both endemic, non-endemic companies, the backing on it. I like I said, I've never asked this if you don't. I don't know if there's a statute of limitations. That was like 18, 20 years ago. What type of money are we talking about for that group of guys that was in there? I mean, I, I know there was one article that said eh, half a million, but I mean, are we talking like crazy money, like with all this stuff behind it for that three or four year period for the group of guys that were taking advantage of it like you? You know, the, it was the heyday. And I, and I really hope that, as our sport grows, I hope that there's another heyday that is better coming. I really believe that hopefully that's on the horizon, but it was an amazing time. Uh, it, it was a time where when, if you wanted to work and hustle, there was a lot of opportunity. And that's the big thing I, I want to tell you. And, you know, it was like that year when I won the classic in 2003, from 2003 to that same date, a year later in 2004, I was home in my own bed, I think two or three weeks, we count it. In that, in a year's time, I only was home two or three weeks. So you're talking about, you know, less than 30 days. I was at home. The rest of it were, were, was saying yes, saying yes to media, saying yes to travel, saying yes to opportunities, saying, you know, and, and so, that's the big thing, you know, and, and when you look at that, that group and there might've been five guys, six guys that mm-hmm. took advantage of it. They not only had a brand and were different and, you know, people were gravitating toward them because they were, they stood out, but those four or five, six guys were taking the opportunity, were seizing the moment. And, and I, I, I don't regret a moment of all those opportunities I took and saying yes you know, because other guys didn't. And, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to throw Takahiro under the bus, but T.O. won in 2004. Biggest mm-hmm. classic win I've ever, dude, talk about exciting. That is the classic moment. Oh, it's another big one. It's another big one. It's another big one. Three it's casts amazing. on a crankbait with the classic. It's amazing. But I remember having a conversation like he won. I'm dude, I'm out of my mind. It's another guy. It's different, young. I'm like, God, this sport is going we're going worldwide Japanese. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I remember having an honest conversation with Takahiro and saying, man, there's these things and you got it. And, you know, like talking for 40 minutes and, and he just stopped me and said, Mike, I just want to fish, you know, and that's cool. Like Mm -hmm. everyone should do what makes them happy. We're all different. And I, and I totally understood, but he didn't take that opportunity right he you know he just mm-hmm. wanted to fish so you know it was a great moment um from a money-making perspective i can tell i can tell you this you know it's still a time 
when guys aren't making a lot of money. And here we are all these years later. How sad is that? How sad is that for the sport? But um, it was a time where you could could make a decent living during those years. And, you know, exacts, I don't know, I, I bet you those three, f- five, six guys I was talking about, they were at least making 100,000 plus a year in sponsorships, clearing it, at least, if, if not more for some of those guys. Um, and a lot of us then, and I remember that this is, I'm really going to go back. This is crazy secret talk now that probably never has been talked about before. And you can go back and research this. Um, we had a meeting in Las Vegas. I'm not kidding you. This sounds so gangster. We had a meeting in Las Vegas, closed room meeting. It was me, Skeet, Swindle, Marty Stone, Byron Velvick, might have been one other guy, talking about, you know, how do we, as athletes, as participants, how do we up it, right? You know, how do we take our lives in our, in our own control and how do we get our careers to be big? And one of the things that was said is, man, if we're the top five guys in the sport, on paper, you know, getting the coverage, getting, you know, we should be making a million dollars a year. We should be. Other athletes are. I remember being in that meeting saying that. And uh, it never worked because, you know, at the end of the day, we all kind of had our own ideas on how we wanted to do that. It it would have been great. But uh, we all went our own ways. And those guys have all done extremely well. You know, they're all great anglers and great brands. But, uh you know, I remember theorizing that and, um, you know, a lot of the guys got to that point. A lot of the guys are at the point where they're making a million dollars a year. And that that's that's amazing. That's unheard of. If you're in the top 10 percent of the sport, whether it's fishing, you know, through your fishing or through your brand, through your exposure, you should be making that. You know, has anyone ever signed a million dollar contract? Not overall in bass fishing. Has there ever been a contract that is a million or more? And, you know, I don't. I don't, I would, I, I don't know that for a fact without getting people's financials, you know, you, you never know. I would say that um, there have been million dollar deals over the course of a time period, right? Of, a, you know, let's call it, you know, five to 10 years or an angler's career, you know? So like, you know, and again, I, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to zero anybody out, but you know, Skeet's right and McGill deal, his mm-hmm. rod and reel deal is over. I'm talking about like a like a contract where it's like, hey, three years, one million dollars. I, I would venture to say there's never been a multi-year million dollar contract at face value. But if the angler worked and pushed and hustled, they have made a million dollars off of one deal over the course of time. Yeah. 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 And you know the I mean, I don't want to sound like like a million dollars in the early late nineties, early thousands was a lot of money. Yeah, million dollars, two thousand twenty. Still a lot is, of money, Ike. Uh, it's still a lot of money, but it's not as much money at when you look comparatively to other sports. Yeah, and yeah. What, you know what are but that's a value that they're bringing in right that's the eyeballs that you're putting on it that's i mean that's why you know guys like i've had brian robinson on you know he's good with the brian robinson foundation you you know him and you know a bunch of professional athletes and stuff but i mean if you're bringing 
50 60 million into it then it shows that your value like i think that the yeah. payout is representative of it and yeah this is a billion dollar industry but when you get down to the nitty-gritty it's just, it's it's a small it's a small sport right like that's what yeah. you've done really good on is is taking little little threads of outside yeah and bringing it in and and showing the glimpses. Like, I think the biggest thing that's happened to you in your career is being named the top 10 hated athletes in GQ. That was massive oh, yeah. for you. I mean, that was, they were massive. And then back then is right when Google and the internet and everything was yeah. big. So everyone reads the GQ and then they're like, I want to know why people hate a bass fisherman. And now you've got all the, I mean, it, like you said, your timing has been absolutely insane over the course of your entire yeah. career, Mike. Yeah, I, I'd agree with all that. And I'd agree with, you know what you said, like it's hard to compare fishing to football because mm -hmm. of the advertising revenue. I'd, I'd agree with that at this moment in the sport. But, you know, with the with the sheer participants, you know, I think th that the opportunities there and the other thing I'm going to say, and I'm going to throw us all under the bus, including myself is the anglers and you know this is a whole nother show and it sounds like yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It sounds like I talk about this every other time we talk but you know we've thrown ourselves under the bus by not only not organizing collectively outside of the leagues but by not taking responsibility for our value and I'm I'm lumping myself into that category especially early in my career I'm putting I'm throwing myself under the bus too we have not taken responsibility for our true value. And when you have guys, I'm not talking about guys that are coming up through the club leagues. I'm talking about when you have guys that are fishing the elites, first year, fifth year, 10th year, wrapping their boat for nothing, that's a problem. And it's our problem. <laughs> it's not the league's problem. It's not the sponsor's problem. Sponsors are taking advantage of us. Yes. It's not their problem. It's our problem. It's our fault. And it's a shame. You know, it's a shame because we've devalued ourselves. We've devalued ourselves, right? You know, when a guy that's been fishing his whole career is doing a thousand dollar a month deal and, and putting, you know, the logo on and this and that and promoting for a thousand dollars a month. And he's been fishing for 30 years. He's a, one of the biggest names in the sport. How the hell? What? We're, we're shooting ourselves in the foot there, you know? No, right, well, I, I, I know. Yeah. Different show. I greatly appreciate it. I, I will, uh, I will uh, make sure Becky gets your appearance fee for BTL today. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, anything else you want to get in here? What do you have uh, uh, coming up going on before we get out of here? I know you got a busy day. I greatly appreciate the over hour, uh, hour of your time. Yeah, no problem. Now, I, I would just, uh, you know, the last couple of things, I would definitely say we've got a couple like live shows coming up. The one in February, guys, please watch it. It's our 10th year anniversary. It's going to be a blowout. Mm -hmm. Rumor has it, Matt, you and Mark might even be on the show. I don't know. Really? But uh, please, yeah, please look at that. And then the Ike Foundation, uh, it's a big thing. Uh, it's mm -hmm. one of the pieces that we do every day where we're trying to get kids to go fishing, especially kids don't live in you know, Alabama, where you grow up fishing, right? City kids, kids in different parts of the country don't normally fish. Head on over to ikefoundation.org. We got some cool stuff right now. You can help. Check that out. And, uh, and thanks for having me on the show. And I'm going to leave you with this. Two more little gems here, right here. That's a tea kettle, 1880s. It's actually opalescent milk glass. And here is a ship inkwell. Look at that unique shape, flattened ship. And that's Pontal. 
which which brings it back to the 1850s. And uh, that's all I have to say. A man of many talents, Mike Iconelli, thank you for christening the new studio in Shawnee, Oklahoma. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. All right. See you. Have a good season. Same to you. Thank you very much. I will. All right. That was the one and only Mike Iconelli. Uh, he's good for the sport, man. He's done a lot for the sport. Uh, he, he barely touched on it there. He talked about uh, organizing um, anglers, a voice for anglers, a lot of stuff behind the scenes, the non-endemics behind the scenes. Uh, mentioned what he does with the, with the Ike Foundation. And it's amazing he's able to find any time to fish at all. All right. Take our final break of the show. When we come back, things that are coming down the pipeline for BTL, everything that's new, maybe a couple big announcements that we have uh, that we have coming up. BTL on a Monday, new show from Shawnee, Oklahoma. It's January 9th. We will be back with the final segment. Combining one of the most popular hook styles with Gamakatsu's beefier Superline offering, the Gamakatsu Superline Offset Round Bend delivers the strength necessary to target big fish in heavy cover. Well suited for braided line and heavier fluorocarbon, the Gamakatsu Superline Offset Round Bend is built using stronger Superline wire that allows anglers to easily fish a finesse worm around heavy cover. The round bend offers a larger bite area, perfect for any worm presentation, while increasing your hookup ratios. The newly enhanced Z-Band holds your plastics on the hook longer, reducing the number of pull-offs and reducing damage to plastics. Available in 2-aught, 3-0, 4-0, and 5-0, this is the most durable worm hook, designed for heavier lines that hold your bait on longer. Vibrating jigs are a great choice for any time of year, and the Kamikaze Swim-On is a perfect match for any vibrating jig. Two sizes and the unique tail design gives it a bait fish profile and a great swimming action for realism. There are 17 colors. See them all at BigBiteBaits.com. The Spro Little John crankbait has been around for almost 15 years, and it is one of my go-to crankbaits whenever I need a fish in the boat, so you can never have enough new colors. That's why Spro's coming out with a handful of new colors, including Pearl Shad, which has this bleached out white look, but it's got this pearlescent, really, really pretty. We've got Copper Shad, which looks amazing in the water. It's got that purple flake on the back, really, really pops in the water. And then if you want some real pop, we've got Sparkle Shad, nothing but sparkles all over this thing. And then last but not least, we've got the matte sexy shad just a really different looking color for a crankbait so you want to give them a little different look that matte sexy shad is definitely the one to go with all these colors are available in the original little john and the md all right we are back wrapping things up for btl on the first show in the new studio big shout out to Mike Iaconelli for taking the time to jump on. There's a very select group uh, of people that you like go through their people to get them on the show. And I always like go through Ike's one of those guys. Like you got to go through Becky because she does like they run like a, a professional edge like fishing like a they got a lot going on anyway. So big shout out to Mike able to get all that uh, figured out. Yes. New studio. Hopefully you guys like it. I've still got, uh, there's going to be some additions. Let's just say like 
uh, foliage. Like I would like to increase the amount of foliage in the studio. Uh, but full like fake foliage is, is extremely expensive. I don't know. Like if you're, if you have a house full of like fake, like high end foliage, like your wife or significant other has spent some serious coin on it. Cause it's like, it's like hundreds of dollars to get like fake trees. Anyway, I found some fake cattails that are six and a half foot tall, but they're at a store where, where like half of the stuff's on sale for 50% one week and then half the stuff's on sale for 50% the other week. I found it when the cattails weren't on sale. So there will be cattails in the uh, in the background. And then if you think there's something, if you're a listener, if you think you have something that is cool, that that belongs in the new BTL studio, like this is a, this is a work in progress right here. Let me know. Because I have a lot of uh, I have a lot of listener stuff in the background, and Jeffries did. We have some baits that are here. We have like the Wheaties box. These are uh, old spinner baits that a that a, a listener sent in. We've got some some ghost pepper sauce. There's all sorts. Here's a a, a palmy spinner bait, like just stuff that uh that all sorts over the years that uh, listeners and viewers have sent in. So if you think there's something that deserves to be in it, now I can't say that it, it'll it'll end up in there but yeah it is a work in progress all right uh new uh apparel in the bass zone store available on basszone.com under the shop btl tab at the top of the page a uh, couple more uh t-shirts that were put in there uh still have some of the uh sweatshirts available uh stickers all that type of stuff so uh and hats uh, different embroidered hats the patch hats these are embroidered hats are the new the new ones are the embroidered hats these are the patch hats we're going to do patch hats later in the year uh uncle frank's day four stuff available on there uh as well we'll we'll uh we'll dive into that with uncle frank on thursday so yes uncle frank will be back on thursday tomorrow so I went through all the numbers. I got the numbers for all the BTLs for the year. And one of the most popular guests that we had on three times in BT on BTL in 2022 was Matt Steffen. Matt Steffen, uh, Major League Fishing Invitational Pro, perennial cup qualifier when the cup was around. And I, I really enjoy talking to the dude. Like I said, he worked in the Chicago Board of exchange had a desk job quit it does a youtube fishes full-time now up in wisconsin so uh i ran the idea past him and he's going to come on once a quarter uh so we'll have four shows uh with matt stefan in the in the new year uh so he's going to come on tomorrow and we're we we might talk about some interesting stuff because i don't know how to say this uh matt matt stefan and i have both seen things that don't exist we'll leave it at that I don't know if he wants to get into that. I told him, he said, we'll, we'll play it by ear, but Matt Steffen, uh, tomorrow. And then this is, uh, is it the Dos Equis commercials? The most interesting man in the world. This dude, I promise you like probably 75% of you haven't heard of him. If you're in the industry, this guy is a legend. He, he knows everybody in the industry. No one's really sure what he does. He's a man of mystery and intrigue, a former professional angler who now, I don't even, Fred Kentawi, California's Fred Kentawi is going to be on the show Wednesday. And, and this is going to be a show uh, 
like sometimes I hear people say, man, you don't interview guests that, that I don't know. Well, that's how you get to know the guests. Or the, like I just wouldn't have like a random boring guy on. So Fred Cantali on Wednesday and then Uncle Frank comes back on Thursday. Two new additions to the BTL sponsor lineup in 2022. And both of them uh, are going to benefit the, the viewers and listeners. First of all, uh, Omni Fishing on board in 2022. We had Polish Pete. We had uh, Trevor Lowe on at the end of 2022. Great feedback from that show. So they are going to come on in 2023. They also have statistics and numbers uh, that I don't have access to as far as buying habits. That was one of the things that I talked with with uh, Polish Pete about was like, hey, when someone catches a fish in the tournaments, when someone wins a tournament, can you see a direct correlation in sales? So we're going to utilize Omnia uh, throughout the year uh, to to kind of put into perspective what is driving sales, have Hibon talk about the tips and trends throughout the year a couple of different times. Uh, and then also shoreline boat and RV repair. I know we all have questions. Uh, hey, there's a, a, a nick in my 20-year-old boat. Do I have to worry about it being, I have to worry about it delaminating, winterizing boats, getting out surface scratches. Uh, these guys are have done a really good job uh, since Todd's taken it over of really catering to uh, tournament bass anglers. I'm good friends with Brock Enmeyer. He's the, the GM of the Tulsa store. There's three locations, Tulsa, Kansas City, and Austin. Uh, and they do a really good job of taking care of uh, bass anglers when something happens to to get them fixed and, and back on the water done right. Uh, and then also a lot of uh, RV repairs. Uh, so if you travel, if you do that, so we're going to have Brock on to talk about, uh, uh, about all those things as far as, as fiberglass boats. Uh, and we're also going to do two live shows from shoreline. I think one in the Kansas city store and one in the Tulsa store. Uh, we're not that far away from getting back into the tournament season. There's, there's less than a month before the MLF Invitationals kick off February 8th on Okeechobee. The BPT then kicks off February 13th on the Kissimmee chain. Then the Elite Series kicks off February 16th on Okeechobee. And the Opens kick off March 2nd in Eufaula, Alabama. The plan right now from Eufaula, Alabama is to be live from the Big Bite, from the Big Bite Bates headquarters right there in Eufaula, Alabama. If you've watched uh, any of Brad Hallman's uh, videos, any of our stuff, you know we kind of went there during the development, the design of the BFE Bates. So uh, plan is to be live from there with the mobile studio. Uh, greatly appreciate uh, all the viewers and listeners and feedback. Like I said, the new studio will just keep getting bigger and better comments, suggestions, ideas uh matt at basszone.com also increasing our social media footprint there's going to be uh clips of the shows uh upcoming guests things that's going to be out on the facebook page uh starting next week and the instagram page uh so more updating there and then i think we got a big announcement from frank on thursday about a, an opportunity uh that the viewers and listeners in the very near future might have to meet the man in person so uh that's all we got for today on btl like i said tomorrow matt stefan and wednesday uh international he is an international man of mystery that would be none other than fred kentawi on wednesday to close out the first show in the new studio it wasn't perfect but we got the job done. Also, uh, 
Mark Jeffries, doing great. Uh, talk to him. He's actually on a recruiting trip now. They're headed into the playoffs for the basketball team, and it's full bore into the Southern Nazarene University bowling team as the head coach. We'll see everybody tomorrow. That's it. Later. <laughs>